The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and more importantly, welcome to National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And I'm going to tell you what, we are really starting off this month with two stars. I mean, I'm so honored to have both of them on. First, we have the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, former Congressman Tony Quello. I mean, what more can I say? When I think of employment, I think of Tony Quello. But also, he wanted to join us for the first part of the show from the White House. We have the special assistant to President Obama for disability policy, Mr. Kareem Dale. Tony and Kareem, welcome to the show. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you. It's great to be on with Kareem and you. Thank you. Uh, great to be on with you all as well. Well, Kareem and Tony, you've both been on before. So, you know, I just want to mention to all of our listeners, first about Tony, this man has never stopped, ever, ever, from when he was congressman, fighting for employment for Americans with disabilities. And Kareem Dale, can we imagine how busy he is since he's at the White House? There's not been one time I have called him that he has not got right back to me and wanted to try to help out. So we're honored to have both of you, but I want all of our listeners to know these two people truly are working for us. Tony, I wanted to start with you. I know that your life and your ministry, everything you do is employment, and I'll bet it's hard for you to believe that next year is the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and I thought maybe you could just talk for a few minutes about how important you believe this issue is, and you know, and that is employment, which I believe, with this new administration, we will see a change. Do you want to talk about that, Tony? I sure would love to, and particularly with Kareem on the line, because uh, not only is the president changing things and making things happen, Kareem is uh, helping us lead the way uh, to make sure that happens, and it's exciting. Uh, some of the things, and I'll let Kareem. Uh, do that uh, later in your show, Joyce. Uh, the president has just announced several things for Disability uh, Awareness Month, some of the things that he's doing which are going to have a major major impact. Uh, the things that I'm excited about is that he has uh, put uh, Christine Griffin in as the uh, deputy director of uh, the Office of Personnel Management, which is the agency that uh, sets up the employment policy for all uh, federal employees. Uh, Christine is a, a person with a disability. She is a lawyer. Uh, she's been on your show. Uh, she's uh, a spectacular human being. I know Kareem joins me in that. Uh, she's uh, exciting in what she's already done, and she's uh, 
uh, working with uh, 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 Kathy Martinez, who's also been on your show, uh, as the Assistant Secretary of Labor on Disability Policy, and some of the things that are being done right now in regards to employment of people uh, with disabilities here in the United States. So a lot of uh, wonderful things are occurring just in the last few months uh, in the first year of this uh, new administration. So it's exciting to see it. Uh, we, uh, after 19 years, going into our 20th year, now finally to see the ADA uh, get working, get moving in regards to employment. It's been very, very successful in regards to other things. Uh, the weakest part has been employment. And with uh, the new administration, I think that we can make some great, great progress on employment. That's my dream, and it looks like it's uh, uh, being fulfilled. We did not think uh, when I uh, wrote the bill and when we got it passed I did not think employment would be the area that would be the slowest to be implemented, but uh, it is the one that has been the slowest to be implemented. It is the one that uh, was the most fought over, the uh, the one that dragged behind. So uh, now it's uh, moving, and uh, hopefully with the ADA Amendments Act, uh, some of the barriers that were put in its way, have been removed, and we can uh, get the progress going that we had anticipated and hoped for. So these are good months now, and hopefully uh, a good three uh, next three years will be wonderful, positive years, and the next seven will be very, very fruitful. Oh, that's right. I agree with you. And by the way, I agree with you, Kathy Martinez, fantastic. Christine Griffin, oh, my goodness, what a dynamo, what a champion to have her in that position. You know, that is so wonderful that the president did that. And it is also wonderful that the president chose Kareem Dale to be at the White House fighting for us. Kareem, do you want to talk for a few minutes about, you know, what the president is doing in the area of employment? Sure, Joyce, happy to, happy to do that and build on what Tony said. Uh, it's great to be here and to be talking with you as we kick off National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Last week, on October 1st, the President issued a proclamation uh, celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month and, and recommitting himself and this administration to equal employment for all. Uh, we followed that up just yesterday with the announcing, uh, as Tony uh, mentioned, of some new initiatives for employment. Uh, several of those initiatives are going to be worked on by the various agencies. I'll just highlight a couple of those for you. OPM and Office of Personnel Management and EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, are going to be holding a job fair where we're going to be encouraging agencies to come together at a job fair next spring where they're ready to actually hire people with disabilities and not just talk to people. So they're going to be leading that effort. Look for more information from OPM and EEOC. Uh, OPM also is going to be doing some specialized training for federal hiring managers uh, working on Schedule A information because we have this mechanism that can be used in the federal government, Schedule A, for hiring people with disabilities, but it's not working. And true to the President's commitment that we're going to fix what doesn't work and whatever works, we're going to make it better, this is a start for that for people with disabilities. So OPM is going to be leading an effort to do more training 
so that the people who are responsible for Schedule A and the individual agencies know what's going on and are prepared to meet the demand for employees uh, who are applying for Schedule A positions. OPM is also going to be leading a task force of agencies to figure out best practices on employment of people with disabilities, what agencies are doing the best things, and make some recommendations. And then lastly, uh, the Department of Justice is going to be releasing a video that kind of destroys some of the myths for small businesses about uh, how people think that it's detrimental to hire people with disabilities. So the Department of Justice is going to be putting that out. So we're really looking forward to the agencies ramping up on these initiatives and more initiatives. And the last thing I would say, Joyce, on this point from the president's perspective is that this is an ongoing um, fight that we're in. And we're really just getting started. But over the first eight months, working with Tony and and his team and and many other people with disabilities from across the country, we've made a really historic number of appointments in the first seven or eight months of the president's administration. Um, And we are looking forward to continuing on with more appointments as we continue to work with the community. I am telling you I have seen more activity than ever before, Kareem. And I am confident that President Obama will continue on fighting for us um, as he is for all groups to have equality in America. And I appreciate also, Kareem, everything that you're doing. Tell me, Kareem, did you ever, when you were growing up, think you'd be at the White House like this? Never in a million years. And and three years, two years ago, I didn't think I would be at the uh, at the White House. But it's really an extraordinary honor really humbling for the president, uh, who I've known for about 11 years, to ask me to serve in this position and to appoint me to this position. Um, As you know, Joyce, it was announced by the vice president at the Special Olympics back in February, and it's just been a tremendous ride working for the president and really just trying to help out and fulfill his mission for integration and inclusion for all people with disabilities. You know, I'm I'm blind myself, and, and growing up blind and going through some of the issues that people with disabilities face on a daily basis, whether it's uh, in school trying to get the resources you need, whether it's uh, at a workplace where you're trying to get the accommodations, but not only trying to get accommodations, but trying to overcome the stereotypes of how you get your work done and can you possibly do it just like everybody else. Uh, It really is an honor to be in this position and be uh, fighting for people with disabilities on behalf of the president, uh, carrying out his mission to show that we're, you know, integrated and included from the ground floor. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, you are doing a great job. Kareem, just think, you'll be in history for the first person in this position. And just so all the listeners know, I want to tell you that last year, here we are, it was a year ago, Kareem, it was a year ago because it was on uh, Disability Mentoring Day that we had invited both presidential uh, campaigns to Pittsburgh on Disability Mentoring Day to speak. Um, unfortunately, you know, we could not get both parties here. We did get Kareem here. He came. And I just want to tell you, he came to Pittsburgh, spoke, spent that entire time with the high school students with disabilities, um, and then on Election Day was on the radio show with Michael Stripmanis at 2 o'clock on Election Day from Chicago. I don't know if he was awake, but he sounded like he was awake. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that you did that, Kareem, and we do believe in you. And, uh, Kareem, what advice do you have for us, for people with disabilities, unemployed, seeking, you know, wanting to get employment, um, but, but also people that are employed? 
What can we do to help you, Kareem? I think what people can do is just continue to advocate. I mean, the change, as the president talked about during the campaign, the change is going to come from the community. We are here helping and trying to lead the way from the federal government, but the change is coming from the community. Uh, Tony Coelho has a group, of course you know AAPD, has groups in, in all of the hundreds of disability advocacy groups. Uh, get involved and figure out how you can help in your local community make change, then how you can make change on a national advocacy level, and get involved and, 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 and do something and talk to people, be public about your support for people with disabilities, uh, try to educate people, and just stay involved. And we're going to try to do our part and uh, pass policies and implement policies that are effective for people with disabilities, and, and we need the community to do its part as well. And that's how people can get involved, is get involved with your local organizations and then have them get involved with on the, on the national level. And, Kareem, what advice before you go do you have for young people with disabilities who are being horribly bullied in school every day? I mean, some of them have attempted suicide. Right. Um, I mean, it's brutal the way... Now with Facebook, with Twitter, with, you know, cyberspace, what, what advice do you have for them, Kareem? The advice that I would have would be uh, talk to people. Talk to your parents. Let them know what's going on. Talk to your teachers. Talk to your uh, administrators in the school, your principals, and uh, keep talking to people until somebody listens to you. You know, I think, Joyce, and, and to some extent, many, especially people with disabilities, and I'm no exception to that. At a point in my life in school, when you're in public school and you're blind, whether it's because you carry a cane, whether it's because you wear um, large glasses to help you read, we're picked on. I was picked on at a point in my life as well. And the shame that goes along with that lots of times prevents people from telling your parents because you're, because you're ashamed that you can't defend yourself or stick up for yourself. You've got to talk to people. You've got to tell people. You've got to reach out. Let your parents know. Let the school administrators know. Let people know that they need to get involved because it's 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 no good for anybody. It doesn't do our society any good. Doesn't do the school any good. Doesn't do the kids doing the picking or or the kids getting picked on any good. So talk to people. That would be my advice. Well, Kareem, look at you now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're a good example, Kareem, for this whole thing. When I talk to young people with disabilities, but look at him now. Remember those people who made fun of him. Look where he is. I bet they're not there. Hey, Kareem, I'm going to come right back with Tony, but we're going to go to break for a minute. But I want to thank you again for joining us. It's always an honor to have you with us on the show. And please give our best to the president. And, Kareem, keep fighting for us. Thank you very this much, Joyce. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability does matter every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way to the White House. We'll be right back with our champion and star, Tony Quello. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long? 
What should I wait for you? Mom, if I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. If you can't put down a good mystery novel, you'll want to check out Mystery Matters with Fran Stewart. Each week, you'll hear from the top mystery writers of our time. From suspense thrillers to forensics, you'll explore all of the categories that make a great mystery work. Not only will we discuss the secrets of the story, but we'll go behind the novel to sort out all of the pieces of the puzzle. Broadcast live each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Mystery Matters, where murder is an Open book. An ordinary sunny day. An ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids. And they were doing nothing. They were couch slouching. They were rug imitating. And lazy minute after... Lazy minute was passing them by. When suddenly... Huh? Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players don't get lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player, too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And hey, welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we have with us this hour... Former Congressman Tony Quello, author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, person that fought to get us the ADA Amendments Act, and currently the chairman of the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And, Tony, it is always my honor to have you speak anywhere that I am. And I want to tell you when I was really overwhelmed. That is, Tony, when I was at the White House when President Obama signed the U.N. Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And right in the middle of his speech, he said, I met a person earlier today who was rejected in his life, uh, who was put down in his life because of his epilepsy. And when I talked to him, I saw the passion in his eyes. 
And, of course, that person was you, Tony Quello. And, Tony, you have no idea how thrilled I was. Was that not something when that happened? Well, Joyce, I was shocked. I mean, I had just met with the president to go over some things that I thought were important for the disability community, and he was extremely responsive, uh, and he just wanted to listen. He uh, was not one of those who wanted to, to uh, tell us what he knew. He wanted to find out what we were interested in, and, and, uh, and so it was a very good meeting. And then when we went in to, to listen to his comments about the UN resolution and so forth, uh, I thought he gave a very, very good speech. Uh, and then when he mentioned my name, I was shocked. I was actually very, very surprised and shocked and extremely honored that um, he mentioned me and, and uh, my story. Um, so... I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, what do you say when you have a president of the United States uh, from a public podium with uh, the national media um, mention your story? It's another way of educating people about uh, your passion, your your ministry, and and that's uh, very important. Um, but you know, also personally, it, it's uh, gratifying that. Uh, get a president to uh, to acknowledge that he heard you, and that's always uh, very, very nice. Oh, that was so thrilling. And, you know, uh, actually, Tony, you you have worked with the other former presidents. Yeah, I have. Uh, I go back a ways. Uh, you know, I'm 67, so I have a few years. Uh, but I go back a ways. I uh, knew um, uh, President Nixon and President Johnson, uh, President Carter, President Ford and uh, President Clinton quite well, and uh, President Bush, uh, uh, both father and son, um, and all of these presidents I worked with knew, and so forth. So um, I have been in the White House many times, and uh, so I was uh, still a thrill, though, to go to the White House, and it's very much a thrill when. They uh, agreed to work on things and that for those of us with disabilities. So uh, it never gets old, um, and you're always honored uh, to be in the White House and always honored uh, to uh, be present when they're willing to discuss uh, how they can be helpful to those of us with disabilities. Well, you know what? I want to just say publicly, first of all, I want to thank all of our listeners that, you know, several months now we have gone through over the past two years, several months where we have been number one on Voice America, and I believe that is because of the dedication of our great listeners who care about the employment of people with disabilities and quality of life, but also because of the great stars we've had on, such as you, Tony. And I just want to say publicly that, uh, I, Joyce Bender, would not be where I am today if it were not for Tony Quello. I- I'm telling you, take it to the bank, because I met him over 10 years ago when he was with President Clinton, uh, when he was the chairman of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. Um, and then I also knew, 
because of Tony, got involved with the Epilepsy Foundation. But most importantly is that I never, ever even said that word epilepsy till I met this man, Tony. And he has helped me ever since in so many ways. Um, and, Tony, I just, we are all thankful to have you in our life. Thanks, Joyce. Appreciate it very much. And you've been a wonderful advocate for those of us with epilepsy, but uh, also uh, those of us uh, with disabilities. You uh, not only are uh, aggressive in, in promoting and pushing and educating and helping, uh, but you're uh, not uh, bashful about asking people to get involved and asking people to help, and that's what it takes. And so uh, you're a wonderful advocate to have uh, in our family, and as you well know, uh, have uh, over the last 10 years, you've become one of my closest friends and confidants, and, and that's important as well. Yes, that is, and I treasure that. And, and, Tony, you know, I had someone ask me a question the other day I wanted to ask you, and that is with your political expertise, you know, and your years of experience in the government, why do you think this is so hard to change this employment thing for people with disabilities? Why? Well, I think, you know, first off, I thought that, it, that if we changed the law that we would have a huge impact. And so, you know, I authored the bill, worked hard to get it passed. We got it passed. And I realized that uh, the law only gave us opportunities. It didn't uh, change, really, the circumstances. Uh, it's had an impact, of course. Uh, it's now the law of the land in over 50 different countries in the world. So... Uh, it's had a huge impact, not only here, but worldwide. Um, so that's important. I don't want to uh, diminish that. But really the issue is um, there's a, a perception, there's a, a prejudice, there's a um, um, feeling that people have about uh, those of us with disabilities. It starts off with our loved ones. Our loved ones have a tendency to... Uh, uh, Handicap us. They they love us so much. They don't want to see us hurt. They love us so much. They don't think that we can do things. They say, "Well, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's too hard for you. Or you shouldn't do that. You might get hurt, or you shouldn't do that because of whatever reason." And so, out of pure love, they have a tendency to handicap us, and and that's sad. And I speak to a lot of loved ones a lot, and I say, you know. Please don't love us that much that you uh, disable us. Um, uh, let us uh, uh, fail. Uh, let us uh, be hurt just like anybody else. I had a mother call one time in my office when I was in Congress, and she was crying, and my assistant had a hard time understanding, but she wanted to talk to me desperately. So first, my assistant came in and said, this woman's on the line, she's crying, and she wants to talk to you. And I said, fine, let her, let her through. So she talked to me, and she was her son was 18 years old, and he wanted to go to college, and she wanted to be like me and so forth. And I said, well, I'm sorry that he wants to be like me, but I said, the fact that he wants to go to college is great. And she said, well, I'm afraid of him going to college. He might hurt himself and so forth. I said, do you have any other children? She said, yes, I have a daughter, older, 20 years old, going to college. I said, did you cry when she went to college? And she said, yeah. no. And I said, well, why are you crying because your son's going to college? Well, because of his seizures. Well, you know, out of pure love, 
she was discriminating against her son out of pure love. That's number one. Number two, people have a tendency, they're afraid of those of us with disabilities. Not, uh, it's, it's a fear of whether or not we can do the job. Uh, it's a fear of what we might do, will we hurt them or whatever. It's all these perceptions that we have to overcome. That's why it's so important for Kareem to talk about what he just went through as a, as a young person and what people, how they made fun of him and so forth. It's so important to talk about the hurt that you've, you've faced so that people understand that when people make fun of us, it really hurts us. Uh, that uh, it's all these things that we have to be open about so that we can eliminate this, these false perceptions and so forth. That's what is so important. It's not the law. It's not a, a deliberate discrimination. It's the perceptual discrimination that is the real problem. That takes time. And so we have to be aggressive. We have to be outspoken. Um, Joyce, you do a lot in educating CEOs and others, but you know the problem that you have is that CEOs say, okay, and then it gets, it's hard to get the people under the CEO to carry it through for these reasons, not because they want to be hurtful to those of us with disabilities, but because they have misperceived perceptions about what those of us with disabilities can and cannot do. I agree with you. I agree. And you know what? I think, if I'm right, the producers tell me we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller? Hello? Hey, is this Judy? It is Judy. How are you, Joyce? Hey, Judy, how are you? Fine. I was just listening to Tony and Tony, you know, you, you continue to inspire me time after time after time because what you say is so true. Uh, I've probably mentioned to you that I grew up with a, a brother uh, who at the time they called mentally retarded. And, you know, they didn't mainstream uh, anyone into the school system at that particular time. They were, uh, everyone was segregated. Uh, he was also born with a cleft palate and a cleft lip, so speaking was uh, wasn't easy. And my mother wanted to protect him from any pain, so she didn't have the final operations that would have, you know, absolutely corrected, uh, you know, the scarring oh, and, no. and, and the disfigurement on his face. Um, so, you know, everyone made fun of him, and you know, it it has an impact. I was one of eleven children, but it had an impact on everyone in the family, especially those closest to him in age, who so much wanted to protect him, but at the same time were embarrassed because other people were making uh, fun of him and did not want to be around him. And although he's 52 right now, he still goes through that loneliness uh, that people with disabilities have where people, you know, uh, where he certainly does not want to be around other people with uh, mental disabilities and uh, and go so overboard to try to please people just to have some sort of relationship. Uh, and, uh, you know, in so many cases, I think at our, our leadership conference, you saw uh, a friend of ours who had a seizure that was complex partial, and no one in the hotel knew what to do. And, um, and, and you know, I think to myself, you know, and I've been talking so much lately about the fact that, you know, I think there are more people who have seizures then I have heart attacks, but if, you know, everyone makes a, a great big deal about everyone who should know what to do in case someone 
has a heart attack, but no one knows what to do in case someone has a seizure. Yes, and the reason for that is is because of this perception of people who have seizures, uh, mm-hmm. and as opposed to if you have a heart attack, uh, there's there's nothing uh, wrong with uh, somebody has a heart attack. If they're having a heart attack. It's okay to do something and so forth. But if you're having a seizure, there's there's something demonic about it and so forth. There are these false perceptions that people have that we still have not cured. We still haven't eliminated. Uh, a lot of it is religious. A lot of it is culture uh, and so forth. So that it is these problems and what you described about your, your family is is what still exists today. Same problems with, with my family. Out of love, they discriminated against me. But it wasn't that they were trying to hurt me. They were trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's the thing that that we still haven't corrected and will take a long time to correct. And if we think it's bad here in the United States, you ought to go to some other countries with different cultures. It's awful what takes place in these countries and and how they overly protect, which means discriminate and shelter, uh, which means. Uh, uh, put into hiding, in effect, uh, their loved ones with disabilities uh, and so forth. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, improvement and, that is needed. Right, and everyone seeks independence. That's right. Uh, yeah, at any level, I mean, everyone wants to be able to live on their own and to be able to take care of themselves. I mean, uh, I think at every level someone understands that feeling that they don't want to be dependent upon someone else in their life in order for them to be able to continue. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I appreciate your talking about your brother because that is so typical of, of so many situations. And and it was and all done out of love. All out of love. And that's, I, I remember one time speaking to a group in New York of family members and being very direct about this issue. And I had practically everybody in the room crying, parents crying, and people coming up to me afterwards and saying, you know, I, I, you, you hit me really hard, and I, I'm just so sorry that I've, I've, I've been doing this to my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, whatever, and and I feel so guilty. I said, well, don't don't feel guilty. All I'm asking is that you identify what you're doing and try to correct it. But don't feel guilty. You did it out of love, um, and and but it's identifying what you're doing. Because love can be very crippling mm-hmm. um, in so many different ways, not just with a disability, but you can love somebody so much that you, in effect, hurt them. Uh, and those of us with disabilities, we can be overloved or we can be loved in the wrong way. Absolutely. And, and by the way, for, for all of our listeners, uh, Judy Painter is the executive director uh, of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania. Um, and it is always so wonderful when Judy calls in. And, Judy, you are doing a great job in the United States fighting for people. I just wanted you to mention, before you go to Tony, uh, tell him what it used to be like when what you were telling me about the mail, how you had to send the brown envelopes. Right. When I first started with the Epilepsy Foundation, and I believe me, I don't think it's changed that much, Tony, 
21 years ago when I uh, started, you know, people would call in and they'd say, I don't treat my children any differently. You know, I don't know why, you know, these things happen. You know, I treat them exactly the same. I tell them the same. And and when, could you send me some information on epilepsy, but please don't put your return address on it. You know, they didn't want the mailman to know. Wow. Uh, and, you know, and what message is that sending to their child? You know, oh. and I think a lot in a lot of cases their grandparents didn't want the parents to talk about it. You know, they absolutely did not. You know, you don't have to tell anybody, especially if you're controlled. Or especially, you know, if uh, you're okay. I mean, they really, really emphasize, you know, like, whatever you do, don't tell anyone you have epilepsy. You know, one person that I'm working with now, and he's 62 years old. He started having seizures when he was 18. So he just sat down and he said to the doctor, he said, you know, he said, so what do I have, epilepsy? He said, the doctor jumped out of his chair and put his hands on his desk and looked at me. He said, don't ever, ever use that word again. I wonder if that was my neurosurgeon. <laughs> Could have been. I mean, so for 40 years, this guy hid the fact that he had epilepsy and had seizures. And it wasn't until someone like Alan Fanick came out and started talking about it. And now he tells everyone, he said, Judy, it's like having had, you know, the world lifted off of my shoulders. He said, I was so afraid that someone would find out that I had epilepsy and would think less of me and think that I was incapable, which people did. His whole family, he was the eldest of ten. He runs a company, but you know, every time he had a seizure, you know, everybody started whispering, oh, there he goes again. You know, and he was seizure-free for years. But uh, we got to speak up. If we don't speak up right. and talk about it, we won't make a difference. Hey, Judy, thank you so much thank for calling in. Thank you both in. so much for everything that you do. I mean, nothing that I do is, you know, it doesn't hold a, a symbol to what you guys do uh, nationally, but, you know, uh, all of us working together can certainly... Uh, make a change in this world, even if it's one person at a time. And, Judy, that is not true. You are okay. one of the people I look up to. Um, and I so much appreciate you calling in. You keep you keep fighting for us. All right. You take Thank care. You, Judy. All right. Um, I think there is another caller that was waiting. Is there another caller on the line? There is. Molly? Yes. Okay, Molly, go ahead. Hi. I wanted to start by saying thank you to... Um, Folks for doing all of this hard work, and I was really wondering if Kareem had any insight on what Obama is doing with his committee to advance the ADA and the current amendments. Um, you mean the ADA Amendments Act? Yes. Okay. Uh, and Molly, you're calling from where? Washington. From Washington D.C. Okay. Um, Tony, do you know anything about that? I, I couldn't hear the question. Um, she's wanting to know how the president is advancing the ADA Amendments Act. Is that right, Molly? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, if, if what I understand you're saying, Molly, is that uh, when you do the ADA Amendments Act, then you uh, have to uh, implement the regulations as such, and I assume that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, if that's correct, uh, that is, uh, those are being drafted or have been drafted now, and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is moving forward with that. They have drafted the uh, amendments. They're actually very strong and very good. I'm very, very happy with them. Um, and that uh, has that process has been final. Um, actually, I think they've issued them for comment. I guess that's where we are now. They've issued it from comment. They're very, very strong. Um, I don't know what the final date for comment is, 
but uh, you're going to if if you're in favor of of uh, good strong regulations, you're going to love them, um, and I would think that they will they will get into uh, get into law. They're they're very very strong and very good. Okay, does that answer your question, Molly? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Hey, wait, Molly. Thank yes. you for calling in. Have a great day. All right, you have a great day also. Uh, Tony, before um, the show ends, because, you know, in case we get other people calling in, I did want to ask you one question, and that is about Senator Durbin. As for our listeners, if you don't remember, this year we gave the Tony Quello Award to Senator Durbin because he has become the person that is out there advocating for us in the Senate. And I wonder, Tony, if is that your perception? Do you see him as someone taking the mantle for us in that area? Yeah, Senator Durbin is a close friend of mine. He he uh, is really becoming a superstar for those of us with disabilities. So he's from the state of Illinois. Uh, he's the Senate uh, Democratic Whip, uh, which means the second-ranking uh, uh, person on the Senate side uh, from the Democratic Party. Uh, Senator Reed from Nevada is number one. Senator Durbin is number two. Um, he speaks. He speaks out about disabilities. Uh, he was very involved with the ADA Amendments Act. He um, uh, is the one who uh, pushed Senator Reid to schedule it uh, at a critical time. We might have ran out at the end of the session last year. Senator Durbin insisted that it be scheduled. It was. We got it through quickly. Um, and he has uh, been involved in, in all of our issues uh been very supportive. He was a supporter of, a sponsor of the ADA uh, when it was in the House, when he was in the House. And uh, so he has become a real advocate and a great supporter. He's, uh, uh, I'm just really excited about his leadership. And he's uh, got a great future. He's, he's uh, in his, I think his uh, 50s, late 50s. So he's got uh, many years left in the Senate, so we need uh, a strong leader uh, uh, since Senator Kennedy uh, has died. And uh, so with Senator Harkin, uh, Senator Durbin is uh, a great, great voice for us. So I'm really, really excited uh, that Senator Durbin has taken the role that he's taken. Um, and and I think he is wonderful, and he I'm very thankful to you, Senator Durbin, and to your staff for everything you're doing to fight for us in the area of employment because we need all the help we can get, that's for sure. Um, and also, Tony, I wanted to know, how, how are you enjoying being the chairman of the American Association of People with Disabilities? Because, you know, it just seems like everyone wants you to be the chairman. You are, were just the chairman of the Epilepsy Foundation, but... And, if, and you've certainly helped me so much on a pro bono basis, but um, how do you like this new role, Tony? Well, uh, AAPD, American Association of People with Disabilities, is a, is a great organization. It's a cross-disability organization. Um, the president, Andy Imperato, is a very bright, young person with a great leadership potential. Uh, he's one of the brightest 
leaders. I think you would agree, Joyce. I agree. In our movement today, and he just continued to grow. Um, and so APD is is involved in in a, in a lot of different areas, um, and I'm really excited to to be the chair for the next two years, and we're doing some some wonderful things. Uh, um, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago about Mentoring Day, uh, that is sponsored by AAPD. There's thousands of young people that are involved in this project each year, um, but uh, it's it's a policy advocate. Uh, it assists other organizations, other disabilities, and what they're doing. Very involved in in regards to so to my air going on the Supreme Court and making sure we had the votes uh, for that. Uh, we're very involved in federal judgeships and making sure that the federal judges uh, uh, understand disabilities are supportive of our disability causes and issues. We're also uh, trying to make sure that judges with disabilities, uh, or excuse me, lawyers with disabilities become judges and so forth. Uh, but it's uh, an exciting organization and I'm very, very proud and happy to uh, be part of it and leading it for uh, this time. Chairman, I am proud to be an officer. And by the way, AAPD.com, if you want to make a contribution or read about what we're doing, go to AAP.com. But I think we have, before we close the show, we have another caller on the line. We do. It's Marsha. Marsha. Hi, George. Marsha Blanco, how, how are you? you? Marsha. It was yes. tough getting through today because we had uh, all kind of excited people on the line knowing uh, the, the value of, of your guest today. Hold on there one minute. And, Tony, Marcia is the head of Achieva in Pittsburgh, and she is the friend of mine that has been helping a friend of yours. I know that, and I love you, Marcia, for that. You've been fabulous, and I love oh, you for it. That That is why we were here. Thank you. Thank you so much. But here is... Mrs. Bender, who never toots her own horn, but uh, especially as we are uh, celebrating the employment of people with disabilities and working hard in every community uh, for Mentoring Day, uh, uh, Joyce is going to be uh, hosting a group of very large employers in the United States to um, help them to explain to uh, the audiences, in this case the Ark of the United States and their guests, um, why in the employment of people with disabilities is helping their businesses? And here we're talking about companies such as Lowe's, Walmart, Walgreens, Highmark, and uh, Joyce, I just think that these folks have the story to tell. We so much talk within ourselves and among ourselves. Um, and and uh, are you looking forward to that experience? And, and what are you going to do to push Lowe's, Walmart, Walgreens, and everybody um, all employers in these United States, uh, to make the hiring of people with disabilities a priority. I'm going to tell them that if they don't listen to that me, I'm going to give them Tony's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am speaking at the national conference this year is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Marsha asked me to speak on, is it, what day is that, November... I want to say 14th. the 16th, it's the Saturday, yeah. Okay, 
um, and facilitate where she has employers up there. So, Tony, my suggestion was that, okay, if we want someone to talk about employment, why not have someone employed? And, Tony, I know you've met Justin Hucko because he really is a result of you and the Elizabeth Project who works at Highmark, and so he is actually going to be up there with Highmark as one of the speakers. Wow, that's great. Fantastic. That's great. Well, and, Marcia, you mentioned something, and I know that all of uh, Joyce's listeners uh, know these facts, but I don't know of anybody in the United States who does more to employ uh, people with disabilities than Joyce Bender. And, I agree. And I say that uh, as someone who's been working in this area for 40 years and someone who is really committed to this, I thank God for Joyce Bender and what she and all her co-workers uh, have done to make a difference. Uh, just wish we had more like Joyce. And so, Joyce, um, Marcia raised it. Um, I just, I think from all of us in the disability community, uh, we, we thank you for your absolute commitment, enthusiasm, uh, and, and not only that, but your ability to really make a difference. That's what the proof of the pudding is. You can have all the enthusiasm you want, but if you don't make a difference, uh, it's just another voice in the wilderness. But you actually do make a difference. You actually do get people in our community uh, employed, and that's exciting, and that's a reward from heaven that you will receive. I think that Joyce Bender, Tony, I not only agree, it's Marsha again, but uh, she, she's sort of the big foot of the disabilities movement. Um, that's to say she's got a large footprint, and she really leaves that impact everywhere she goes. Thank you, both of you. But in, and You know what I'm going to say, Tony. I had a great influential teacher named Tony Quello, and I have a great champion with you, Marsha. And I mean it. Thank, thank you both. And I am on a crusade. That's what it is. I'm on a crusade for employment of Americans with disabilities, and I will be on that crusade until the day I die. Hey, Marcia, uh, yes. your what is your website? That's uh, info. Okay. So if anyone wants to make a contribution, that's where they go. And, Marsha, what if they want to go to that conference when we talk about employment? That's simple. That's www.thearc.org, O-R-G. There's a woman that's the CEO of one of the most successful organizations, period, nonprofit organizations. And yet I, when I called there and asked someone to help me, does she delegate down and she has a huge organization. No, she's been handling it on her own. And that, Marsha, is why I will always be supportive of you. You're the real deal. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Great afternoon. All right. Thank, thank you, you for calling in. So, Tony, tell me, if you could mention one thing that is your proudest moment, what would it be? Oh, I think, um, well, no doubt, the signing of the ADA. Um, uh, and the fact that it's the law of the land in uh, 52 different countries, um, I don't think anything could ever compare to that. Um, you know, uh, 
Yeah, because you changed history forever. Grandkids and kids, uh, family coming second and so forth. But um, um, the law of the land, you know, ADA and the impact that it has on those of us with disabilities, nothing comes close to that. And what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Um, you got to believe and you got to speak up and speak out. Um, but you've got to believe. Yes, that's right. Tony is the one that taught me this saying, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. And let me tell you, every time I'm at a podium, I do. And you should do the same thing because if we don't speak up, no one is going to be out there speaking up for us. We have to be our own advocates. We've got to get out there and talk about it. And I am a woman with epilepsy, and I am not ashamed Neither should you be. We've got to get out there and talk about it. I know that before we end every show, we always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So, of course, today it has to be Tony Quello, who says, Give us the right to be fired. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joyce. We love you, Tony. We love you. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.